Greetings and welcome to this edition of Faith to Live By. I'm Pam Christian, your host each and every week with this podcast, where I seek to help us explore current events from a biblical and prophetic perspective, so we, as God's children, know how He wants us to respond. I am among those God has allowed to bring you truth in these times when deception and evil are running rampant. Whether we want it or not, the truth is we are in a battle of good versus evil. This is an ancient battle that began in the heavenlies and exists in both the spiritual and natural worlds. As Christians, we must make certain we stand on truth and defend truth at all costs. Because Jesus said of himself, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. When we defend truth, we defend Jesus. Jesus is the only hope anyone has to experience the victory he has already secured for us. So long as we live in this fallen world, we are subject to the ravages of sin and all the destruction and death sin brings. The way we experience the victory Christ died to give us is to appropriate it every single day. And it's imperative we understand we do this as a company of faithful believers in the company of God's holy angels. Ministering and warring angels are working in our behalf according to the degree we appropriate God's promises. None of us can fight all the many battles that are being raged against us. God has always wanted us to fight in unity, with each one of us doing our part according to our individual created purpose while relying on the others in the body of Christ to do the same. I know many of us are feeling exceedingly weary and battle fatigued. If this is you, Take time away from the front lines and gain your recovery by spending time with the Lord, asking Him to rejuvenate you. Consider how geese fly together over long distances in their V formation. The front goose takes the position at the head of the flock for as long as he can while the others fly behind him. These big-winged birds carefully position their wingtips and sink their flapping, presumably to catch the preceding bird's updraft and save energy during the flight. When the lead goose becomes tired, he falls back to the end of the formation, and another takes the place of the point goose. This is how we need to operate in unity. If you are especially tired now, seek the Lord to rejuvenate you and to redirect you for the specific battles He has equipped you for, and then return to the task of doing what you are called to do. Trust God for the other things that trouble you, knowing God has called someone else to tend that battle. We must not give up or give in or quit, especially now when we are so close to seeing the fruit of our labor, the substance of our faith. It is the tactic of the enemy to wear us down and cause us to grow weary. But if we pace ourselves and we work in tandem with our Christian brothers and sisters, we will not grow weary in doing good. We are seeing the frantic, last-ditch efforts of the enemy of truth working hard against us. LinkedIn removed my account about a year ago because I was bringing truth the tyrannical governments and their bought and paid for big tech and media don't want you to know. My Facebook account has been restricted numerous times, all in effort to prevent me from reaching more people and prevent me from the funding I need to operate. Censorship is happening all over again and in greater ways because our alternative media channels are reaching people with truth. YouTube has pulled Rick Renee with Blessed to Teach from their platform, causing him to lose connection with nearly 48,000 followers he had. And Christians are not the only target. Russell Brand has been censored by the UK government, who wrote to the CEO of Rumble, 
asking for Brand's account to be demonetized. This response is evidence of the intensity of the battle we are in and the actual advances truth and righteousness are making, which is why God has repeatedly called us to work in unity with one another and all in partnership with Him in this battle being played out in our times. Keep in mind, the victory is assured, but we must appropriate it by doing what God has asked each one of us to do. Those of us who are on the front lines spending our time, efforts, and money producing podcasts and more to research and bring you truth you need, well, we need your support. We need your prayers. We need your help to continue doing what we are doing. If I'm helping you in any way, at the very least, please send me an email of encouragement. I can be reached at faith to live by at pamelachristianministries.com. And according to Proverbs 3, verse 27, do not withhold good from those whom it is due, when it is in the power of your hand to do so. End quote. Make sure you are supporting those of us you actually benefit from in the ways God puts on your heart. Certainly telling people about this podcast and my friend Rick Renee's and others like us helps us expand our reach through word of mouth. Sharing my podcast with others helps more people wake up to the truth we all want. And when you hear from God about offering any practical support, don't delay. Not only is it needed, but you will be blessed for your faithfulness. Listen to the end of my podcast each week to learn of the many ways I've come up with to help you get the goods and services you need while helping me at the same time. We all need to be pressing into the Lord, leaning on the Holy Spirit for His direction and empowerment. This is why I had Jared Lasky on last week as my guest. Jared and his wife are the co-founders of Fireborn Ministries that works to help people live a daily Holy Spirit-empowered life. If you didn't hear that podcast, I recommend you do. The reason I had Jared on is because we are getting closer and closer to the time God has been warning us about and telling us to be prepared for when he personally intervenes in the affairs of mankind all around the world in ways he never has before. If ever there was a time when God's people need to be in a confident relationship with God, it is now. If you are the least bit discerning of spirits and the times, then you have to agree the days we're living in right now are highly tenuous. We are experiencing the early signs of the major shaking and shifting God has been warning us about through His trusted prophets. Much more is anticipated in the last days of this month and the early days of October, including some days of darkness where we will likely be held up in our homes. But God has said again and again, when these days come, do not fear. While it may look like things are worse and the enemy is winning, understand the enemy is already defeated. If we are sequestered in our own homes, it is God who's protecting us while he deals with the evil in our midst. All that we have suffered is God's strategic plan to bring as many people to truth as possible and to save all who are willing to place their faith and trust in Jesus, who is truth. At this point, as published by the Rasmussen Reports, nearly three-fourths of Americans believe our country is becoming a police state, meaning a tyrannical government that engages in mass surveillance, censorship, ideological indoctrination, and targeting of political opponents. This much alone is tremendously good news because it means nearly three-fourths of Americans are no longer deceived and bewitched under the evil plans of the enemy. 
But we must know the evil deception and tyrannical plans are not limited to the United States. They are worldwide, which is why I've had James Roguski on my show as a guest in the past. James is my guest again today to discuss the very real and threatening efforts of the United Nations, along with the World Health Organization, to seize control of our nations by gaining complete control over our health care. If you didn't hear the podcast where James first presented the importance of stopping the World Health Organization, please make a point of listening to that and also sharing it with everyone you know. This is a very real effort that impacts every person on the planet now and into the future. It's imperative we are all properly informed what is happening, so you'll find the direct links to the three-part interview I did with James in the show notes. Today, James provides us with an update of the results of the first meeting the World Health Organization held on September 20th, specific to their plans to gain control over the world populace. The report is somewhat bleak. However, our chances to stop the tyrannical government are still before us. After James's interview, I will comment because there are action steps we must take. So please be sure to listen to the end to know what you can do. And as to his background, James is a researcher, author, natural health proponent, and an activist who believes that the old systems are crumbling, so we must build the replacements quickly. In March 2022, James uncovered documents regarding proposed amendments to the international health regulations and was instrumental in raising awareness about them, which resulted in the amendments being rejected. James is now doing everything possible to expose the World Health Organization's hidden agenda behind their proposed pandemic treaty, as well as the WHO's ongoing attempts to amend the international health regulations. James' vision for the future can be summarized by the phrase, out of the WHO and in with the new. You'll find the link to his website and more in the show notes. James, welcome back. I had promised my audience we would have you back after the first meeting on September 20th with the World Health Organization. That's what I would like you to report on, first of all, but we also need to be caught up on everything that's going on regarding our health care and how the United Nations and the World Health Organization wants to have control of it. And thank you very much for having me. You know, this is an interesting soap opera. If you've ever watched a movie that had a plot twist, you know, in the middle or at the end of it, or if you started watching a TV series, but it had been on for a couple of years and you don't know who all the players are, it starts out being confusing. So I'll try to clarify all of this for everybody. And where would you like to start? Well, let's start with what happened just recently. Right now we're recording on the 22nd of September. If you can, I'd like you to report on what took place on the 20th with the World Health Organization's meeting. If I may, I'm going to go back in time just a little bit. On September 2nd of last year, 2022, that's when this meeting was officially scheduled. And so all of the member nations for over a year were busy negotiating this political declaration for pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. And so they had many meetings. The group from Morocco and Israel, interestingly enough, were in charge of shepherding the process along. And they had version after version after version. And on September 1st, they submitted to all of the many 193 nations of the UN their silence procedure version. And the way that works is if nobody says that they don't like it, then it can be adopted by, you know, essentially unanimous decision. 
But lo and behold, on September 17th, on Sunday, 11 nations wrote a letter to not the Secretary General of the United Nations, but to the President of the General Assembly. And I was quite astonished to actually see that they used the word pretend. They said they would not appreciate it that this high-level meeting that was happening on Wednesday, please understand the meeting on Wednesday was a high-level meeting it wasn't an official meeting of the General Assembly. You know, if you get that straight, you're golden. There was a high-level meeting, a bunch of mucky mucks getting together in a room, having a conversation. That's not the same as an official meeting of the General Assembly. And they said, well, we don't appreciate that. It looks like you're trying to pretend that just having a silence procedure agreement at this meeting on Wednesday, that doesn't really count. That's not good enough. The rules say you can have your meeting, you can do whatever you want, but we're going to revisit this at an official General Assembly meeting. And so what happened on Wednesday was quite entertaining. If you understand the plot and the players and the dynamics, they started the meeting and right out of the gate, you know, normally you think with a, an issue like this, there would be discussion and debate and, you know, what they're talking about on this document. And then somewhere in the middle or towards the end of the meeting, they would say, OK, everybody's had to say what they wanted to say. We'll now vote on it. Well, that's not what happened. In the first five minutes, the president of the General Assembly called the meeting to order. He pulled up the document almost immediately. And he said, well, you know, I hope everybody's okay with this document. You know, it's in relation to this, that, and the other thing. And okay, boom, hits the gavel. It has been adopted. Wow. Now, if you showed up five minutes late to the meeting, you missed it. And the remainder of the day, a good eight hours, was just propaganda, just people talking, right? Oh, my God. You would be forgiven. If you showed up five minutes late and you go, oh, well, they're debating all of the stuff that's in this document. I wonder when they're going to get around to voting on it. Well, there really was no vote. It was gaveled into adoption by the president. You know, the joke was, I got to get me one of those gavels. Those things look like they're pretty powerful. And so in my view and in the view of Francis Boyle, who is a professor of constitutional law, in, in Chicago, and he's been very, very outspoken about this, he saw this as an astonishing defeat because they were trying to do theater and 11 nations said, nope, you, you know, we see the fact that you're trying to pull a fast one. Now, they still did it. And the media will still be reporting that it was adopted at this high level meeting by the president of the General Assembly. But, you know, that's kind of like if, you know, you were working for Walmart and you're sitting around in the lunchroom and you got a whole bunch of people and you go, hey, do you guys all agree that, you know, Walmart should do this? And you bash the gavel down and then you present that as if Walmart corporate had made a decision. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's a, a bunch of people talking in a room and they made it look like they're all in agreement. But there were people who spoke up back on Sunday via a letter. And I have all of this documented on my Substack. 
they basically said, look, we know what you're going to try to do, and we're not having it. And so the dynamics about what was in the agreement, that's a whole nother story. But as far as I'm concerned, they were trying to use this political declaration to show unity and support from the United Nations for what the WHO is attempting to do in all these other tracks. And that got derailed. That's That got blown right off the tracks. The media will still be lying about it and people will hear things and people will regurgitate things. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to give you know, the longer version so people can actually understand, you know, just how thick this plot is. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, James, and it's probably on your Substack, but for the sake of this podcast, what are the names of the 11 nations? So, you know, the, the, the nations that signed the document will probably come as a bit of a surprise to most everybody. I'll just list them off. Belarus, Bolivia, Cuba, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, Eritrea, the Islamic Republic of Iran, Nicaragua, the Russian Federation, the Syrian Arab Republic, Venezuela, and Zimbabwe. Wow. And so, you know, there's a certain theme, you know, involved in the nations that came together. They also talked about um, the use of sanctions and how it um, can harm uh, people's health because medications and other things, you know, are not being allowed, you know, through trade and so forth. But in any case, that's the list of nations that stood up and said, well, you know, you have to follow the rules, United Nations and this high level meeting. And so we shall see what the uh, president of the General Assembly stated very clearly was that this adoption at this meeting was subject to consideration at some date in the future by the full General Assembly. So we shall see if they iron out their differences before they have a meeting, if they ever have a meeting. Uh, The body language on the people from the WHO, Tedros Ghebreyesus and Mike Ryan and some other folks from the WHO had a press conference. And man, I would love if anybody in your audience is a body language expert to watch that press conference and, you know, give me a phone call because they just looked like they had gotten crushed. Hmm. And now maybe I'm, you know, misreading it. I'm not a body language expert, but they were hoping to have a very enthusiastic, you know, raw, raw support. And these 11 nations, you know, they're a bunch of wet blankets boiling their party. And we're very glad they did. Um, Now, let me ask you, this is the first track, according to the way you've laid it out. There are four tracks. This is considered track one. They've had their first meeting. What, if anything, should my listeners do now specific to track one? For the most part, it was meant to be propaganda and, you know, cheerleading. And they were hoping for a show of unity. Now, there's a whole bunch of things that people could do. Number one is, you know, understand what it is. And if you see any reporting on it, see for yourself how you're being fed misinformation or partial information. Because what many places are doing is they're just saying, oh, it was adopted. And that's maybe technically true, but it was only adopted by the president of the assembly and a bunch of people in a room. 
that's not the same mm-hmm. as the United Nations General Assembly having an official meeting mm-hmm. and voting something into their political declaration. Now, they may very well still do that, but I'm, I've am i moved on to track two because track two of the deadline is December 1st. And if you're good with track one, we'll move on to track two. Absolutely. Let's do it because I'm going to have you keep my audience informed that we take all the actions we possibly can. So if this is next on the agenda for action items, let's talk about it. Action number two starts with almost everybody having just a horrible case of cognitive dissonance. What I'm about to say hurts people's heads, even though it's very straightforward. Cognitive dissonance means, well, you have a belief in your mind and this one's different and your mind doesn't want to let it in, right? So you got to kind of open your mind and let it in. Mm -hmm. Last year at the 75th World Health Assembly, where all the nations got together, On May 27th, 2022, amendments to the international health regulations were adopted. Okay, now many people have heard the Biden administration had proposed amendments and those were kicked to the curb. But what they did is they got together with the European Union, the United Kingdom, Australia, a handful of other nations, and they submitted at the last minute a different set of amendments, and those were adopted. And I've been reporting on this for months, but for whatever reason, the cognitive dissonance of, well, you know, what really happened? Well, nobody in the media at all, you know, has been reporting on what actually really happened. And so they did adopt amendments, only five, but they're they're important. And so the process is what everybody just does not want to accept. When the United States joined the WHO in 1948 and adopted the IHRs in 69 and amended them in 2005, we have agreed and every nation has agreed that if amendments are adopted, it is assumed that every nation will abide by them Unless within an 18-month period, the nation specifically writes a notification to the WHO and says under Article 61, we reject them. So it's kind of like a double negative. It gets everybody confused. The amendments from last year are not coming back for approval. The House, the Senate, not even the president, nobody needs to sign off on it. It's assumed that everybody's good with it unless they are proactively rejected. And so everybody's just been silent about it because that's easy. It's easy to do nothing and allow something to go into legally binding effect. And so the way this was structured was to facilitate that sort of laziness or procrastination. As long as they keep this on the down low for 18 months, it goes sliding right through. And so those 18 months are up on December 1st. So, you know, I've been speaking up about this for many, many months. Now is as good a time as any um, to, you know, understand what it is that's going on here. I've published many articles about it. Um, I'm actually going to be publishing another article to really lay this all out for people. Stand for Health Freedom 
Dot.com has put out a bit of information uh, this morning, actually, about it. So people can go there for a little bit of information and look to my Substack for you know a pretty substantial article about this. The issue is there has been zero public discussion, zero public input, no discussion in Congress, no discussion in the Senate, no discussion in the media or the alternative media or any parliament or Congress anywhere in the world. And their goal is that, well, if we just keep this quiet until December 1st, too late. You know, it's kind of like at a wedding, you know, speak now or forever, hold your peace. Well, if you don't speak up before December 1st, an 18-month period has gone by. Now, the reason for pushing this is that the very same process applies to track three in which there are 300 plus amendments, things like a global digital health certification network and many other problematic things, people have to understand those are not coming back to the Senate to be given their advice and consent. If the amendments from last year go through, there will only be 10 months to consider rejecting those. Now, People don't understand that. And they say things like, oh, if they take away our sovereignty or if they try to control our healthcare system, you know, the Senate would never stand for that. They would never approve it. They're never going to get the chance. They don't need to. They gave up that right in 1948, 1969, and 2005. And so if you have questions about this, give me a phone call. My phone number is 310-619-3055. Call me anytime. If you've looked through the information and you, you know, are confused by it, that's totally understandable. This is an intrigue, you know, that really could and should be a movie. If you've ever, you know, watched a movie where at the end there's some kind of plot twist and you're like, oh, I didn't realize that that's what was going on. That's where we are right now. This is, you know, the reveal of the plot twist, mm -hmm. right? For 16 months, everybody's been snoozing around talking about everything else. But if you are now just becoming aware of this and it is hard to wrap your head around because it's just not like anything you've heard, by all means, just give me a call. James, what is the website specifically where my listeners can go to learn what you've done with your research? Um, jamesroguski.substack.com, and I'll spell it out, J-A-M-E-S-R-O-G-U-S-K-I.substack.com. Um, I have many, many domain names that point to various articles, but you can find them all at jamesroguski.substack.com. And again, if you have any questions, by all means, just give me a call. Now, what specifically should we be doing? Should we also prepare another letter? And if so, where would we direct it? The issue really at hand as a starting point is take the link to what you're listening to right now. Step number one is to properly inform other people. Okay. By all means, you can share information with your Congress and your senators and all that sort of stuff. Ultimately, the, the thing to understand is there is a deadline on December 1st. There's negotiations going on for a whole nother pile of amendments. They're having meetings for those 300 plus amendments from October 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th. And nobody's talking about that. And so 
paying attention and understanding. There have been so many rumors and so much misinformation. This coming week in October, they're going to be talking about many things, but among the things they're going to be talking about is the Global Digital Health Certification Network, vaccine passport, passport, but you know, with a fancy name. And so they're essentially going to be talking about how they want to be able to track and trace everybody and restrict their ability to travel based on what I believe are absolute, absolutely bogus certificates. If you're being given something called a vaccine for certificate for an injection that doesn't stop infection and doesn't stop transmission, I have no bones about calling that bogus. If you're being given a certificate for a test that you know has shown to have 97% false positives, meaning something that's not really a test, the PCR process is a fraudulent certificate. What they're really trying to set up is an you know international database management system to only allow you to travel if you're certified to be compliant. Um, on exitthewho.com, we encourage everyone to reach out to your Congress people and encourage them to co-sponsor HR 79, which is the WHO Withdrawal Act. So that's on exitthewho.com. We've already got 52 members of Congress signed on. That's a, you know that's a good start, but we certainly need more. And on my Substack, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I published an article listing all of the senators' contact information to try to make it easy for everybody. Reach out to the senators in your state and tell them, look, we want you to copy the resolution in the House because it's you know two separate houses of Congress. Not one out of 100 senators yet has had the guts to just copy a two-page resolution. Andy Biggs' is HR 79 is a page and a half copy it and submit it as companion legislation in the Senate so we can then start nagging all of our senators to co-sponsor that legislation in the Senate. So two very simple actions, exitthewho.com, call your Congress people. And um, on my uh, um, Substack, there's an article, should be very easy to see, um, to contact your senators. I've tried to make it easy. Ask them to do the same thing in the Senate. Because the answer, the answer is the people at the WHO don't want better health for we the people. They want control and they want to do a number of nefarious things with these documents. It's time to leave that relationship. Absolutely. And I know we talked about, and I encouraged my audience before to get their senators to be aware of Andy Biggs' HR 79 and to do exactly what you just said. And as of this date, and we're so close to the the importance of cutoff dates, still no one has come forward. Okay, audience, I'm putting a challenge before you to do exactly what my guest, James Roguski, has recommended. James, we're going to have you back right after the uh, December event and find out more what's going on, that we the people can have the control of our own health and more that we should have. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. As you heard James explain, the World Health Organization held a meeting for the Political Declaration for Pandemic Prevention and Pandemic Preparedness and Response. It was essentially theater 
and gratefully, 11 countries have written to express they would not accept the outcome of this unofficial meeting. What we can easily see from all of this are the firm intentions of the World Health Organization and the United Nations working with the World Economic Forum to gain world control. James encouraged us to contact our American senators to have them take action for America to exit the World Health Organization. You who live in other countries can and must do the same by contacting your appropriate government leaders. Be sure to visit James' website listed in the show notes to learn more and what you must demand of your government leaders. Through trusted prophets, God has instructed us to decree and declare His words so His will is done on earth as it is in heaven because God is faithful to perform His words. Amen. Through Julie Green, especially as of late, God has been instructing us, stating, number one, it's time to plunder the enemy's camp. Number two, we are to know a great uprising has begun in the heavenlies, now being played out in the earth. Number three, for God's people to respond to his call to arms, to take back what belongs to us. And number four, for us to expect to see a great fall of the global government. No matter how bleak things may seem, we must keep fixed firmly in our minds. God calls us to battle this war, which we are already destined to win. Let that be your unwavering focus. Okay, that concludes today's podcast. Next week, I plan on having Clay Clark on to help us consider what the Bible says about the last days to discern where we are on God's timeline. Clay is the founder of Reawaken America Tour, and I'm very pleased to know and support all that Clay has been doing to help people wake up to the truth about God, our governments, and current world events. If you like what you hear from me with this podcast, I highly recommend my book series, my award-winning blog, connecting with me on social media where I cover many more topics than I can with this weekly podcast, and consider signing up for my certificate course in apologetics. My aim with that course is to help people learn how to not only use apologetics to share truth with others, but help Christian leaders incorporate apologetics in their respective ministries so more Christians are confident about sharing their faith. Learn more about my online apologetics course using the link in the show notes. Should you have a topic you want me to explore with this podcast, simply let me know. Again, my email address is faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com. If this podcast blesses you, and I certainly hope it does because you are the reason I work as hard as I do, would you consider partnering with me in my vision? You know my whole goal is to help people discover and live in life-giving truth and to experience all the hope truth provides. You can, and I hope you do personally, share truth with others on your own. But have you thought about how many more people you could reach by partnering with me? Help me grow this podcast get my books into more people's hands, and talk me up to others to get me more speaking engagements and increase this podcast audience, then together, as partners, we will be making a much greater impact than we can on our own. There are several ways you can choose to partner with me. Certainly, telling others about me and my ministry, along with prayer, is top of the list. There is nothing as powerful as personal endorsements or word-of-mouth referrals. Buying my books and products is another way. All of my books in the Faith to Live By series were written to help people better understand the Christian faith and how to successfully live it out. The first book is Examine Your Faith, Finding Truth in a World of Lies. The second, Renew Your Hope, Remedy for Personal Breakthroughs. And the third is Revive Your Life, Rest for Your Anxious Heart. 
There are two more in the series about the end times. The first one is Prepare for the Harvest, Confidence in God's End Time Promises, written for Christians to properly understand God's plans for His people during the end times. And the other is Prepare for the Harvest, God's Challenge to the Church Today. It's written to help church leadership be ready in every way possible for the long-prophesied Billion Soul Harvest. Visit my website and get any or all of these books with a deep 20% discount by using the word TRUTH at checkout. I also welcome donations, but for now, they're not tax-deductible. However, I'm working on that, so listen in the weeks to come and you'll learn more about how you can support me through donations that will be tax-deductible. Supporting the businesses I feature as affiliate partners is yet another way you can partner with me. I seek to find affiliates who can offer you goods and services you need, and I have some very exciting money-saving America First goods and services you will not want to miss out on. Newest to my affiliate list is a company I'm exceedingly excited to introduce you to. If you're like me, you're tired of paying very high prices for cable television, and you've been waiting to find just the right company who shares your values to replace your cable service. Well, I found it. It's called Q Streaming. They provide over 3,000 channels, including live TV with local stations from across the United States, U.S. networks, sports networks, movie networks, and pay-per-view events. You get all that for about half of what most cable companies charge, and there's no contract, just a monthly subscription. Using the link in the show notes, go and look around and sign up to start viewing the programs you like for a fraction of what you're paying now. All while supporting a Christian-owned and operated company that exclusively uses word-of-mouth advertising so as not to spend money on commercial advertisement that supports the woke movement. And don't forget, when it comes to your health, I also have affiliate partners Mfinity and Dr. Zelenko's ZStack supplements. You can learn more on the affiliates page and the information in the show notes. Also, there's Operation Tomahawk, which Scott McKay started. It's a subscription program that allows you to get your household and personal care items from a company that is American-owned and operated, because we don't want to support the deep state. And regarding your finances, I want you to know about Dr. Kirk Elliott. He's a personal wealth advisor who offers free consultations to understand your financial goals and help you reach them. When you purchase my books, products, or services, or products and services from any of my affiliates, You get something you want, and at the same time, you support me. It's truly a benefit for all of us. So why not shop for yourself or to get gifts for friends and family? Your support is greatly appreciated. All affiliate partners' information is in the show notes, and I have a dedicated web page where you can learn even more, and you can hear the interviews I've conducted in the vetting process. Of course, you need to do your own due diligence to make your own decisions what to purchase. But to help you, I am researching companies and interviewing their representatives and using their products or services myself to provide you a personal recommendation. There's a link to all the interviews in the show notes. I sincerely hope you appreciate my dedication to you through these podcasts. Let me know how this podcast impacts you and what you're now doing in response to the equipping you've received through me. Again, my email is faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com. If you like the content and resource material I bring with this podcast, you'll find much more by connecting with me through my blog. In fact, my blog has been awarded two unsolicited awards for Christian content. And I'm very active on social media. I can actually cover more on social media than I can with this weekly podcast. And to receive even more, please be sure to check out my dedicated podcast listeners page called Beyond the Podcast. Here's where we can connect exclusively, and you can download complimentary devotionals, resources, and more. And on that page, I also ask you to help me learn more about what you want by completing the form visible once you scroll down the page.
and I would especially appreciate you subscribing to my complimentary bi-monthly e-newsletter. As a new subscriber, you can choose one of three gifts I offer in appreciation for your subscription. Subscribing will make you a preferred member where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. Depending upon where you listen to my podcast, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. A review helps the show reach more people, it helps spread the gospel, and helps people learn how to better apply their Christian faith. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.